This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on a Friday afternoon edition of America's favorite sports writers with two new people, but they're great sports writers, and America is a big fan of them. The polls are in. Yeah, Kelly Cohen of ESPN is here. Kelly, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I want to see these polls saying that I'm apparently loved and desired. <laughs> well, I have these charts. I have a lot of charts. Um, I The charts say what I need them to say. Um, I'm not really into okay. charts that uh, go against my worldview. So I can make <laughs> some up. It won't take me that long. Um, Dieter Kurtenbach is also here of the Mercury News. Dieter, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, and uh, I think I have similar charts to yours. Uh, I'm always number one in my own book, so that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a good way to live. Um, the more you can push out reality, the more you can just build your life around <laughs> your own delusions, I think the happier you will be. Yep. Yep. I, I, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. Um, we're going to talk about a couple different things today. There's a lot happening in sports. Um Sports are still happening as we're recording. Everything is subject to change hour by hour, it seems like, for different leagues. Um, the MLS is just like, you know what? Let's just do another season right away um, with fans. Uh, but we're going to first talk about a crazy week in college football. I want to get your guys' perspective on what is going on. So basically, this past weekend, it feels like six years ago, the potential landslide, avalanche, whatever you want to coined it as where everything was going to get canceled it was over they realized they couldn't do it it was too much to they didn't want to go down the whole football factory avenue all across the country um umass just canceled and that was huge blow to college football fans everywhere walt bell unbelievable <laughs> football guy just uh can't be topped if you have not checked that out i would encourage you to check that out in the athletic with an all-time quote Jeez. um just an all-timer Seems like a great guy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. might invite him to Thanksgiving. It made me sad. <laughs> it made me really sad. But college football is happening, at least theoretically. Where I'm at, I'm at Tennessee. Looks like they're happening. They're playing on limited capacity. They're talking about trying to limit tailgating. So good luck with that. Um, we have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is out. And the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are in. I think like the Sun Belt is still in. 
Kelly, let me start with you. Are you oh, are you surprised about what all transpired over the last week, and what do you make of the current state of everything? Like, where is your headspace at? My headspace is spinning around. Like, you know those things that when you were a child and you went to the playground that, you know, we all got on that spun around and spun around and spun around, and when you got off, you probably projectile vomited, but, like, the cool kids kept going on it. That is where my brain is at. As someone who... Football is my favorite sport. College football makes me feel alive inside. It's my one true love. All I want in this world of 2020, which has been a horrible year, is to see college football. But that's me being selfish, right? When I think about the pandemic, when I think about lives that are at risk, when I think about everything at play, I'm just, I'm unsure. And I see the success of these sports bubbles, right? Like right now I'm watching Champions League, you know, I'm watching I'm watching European soccer where things are, for all intents and purposes, going well. I'm watching NBA games that, you know, if you watched the game last night with the Blazers, like, unreal game in a bubble where there are no fans and everything feels like I'm perspiring sweat and I'm crying because it's such a good game. (laughs) I see these things working, but then I see the things that are not working. You know, I get an alert every other day about how there's another positive test in baseball and... I think about packing into a football stadium where it's sweaty and, you know, you're high-fiving everyone and you're hugging strangers and there's people without their masks on and there are people that go when they're sick. You know, I'm sure I've gone to a game when I've had a cold or a flu or I've, you know, gone on the Metro when I've not been doing my best. I know, right? And I know how easily you're in And then I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about these livelihoods and thinking about these, you know, there was a big ESPN story this week about, you know, players playing that have heart conditions. But then I think about, you know, the fact that they're young kids and they're probably healthy and maybe they are better off on a college campus where they're, you know, they can be put in this mini bubble and their attendance can be monitored and they can be tracked and followed. But then I'm like, this is not right. We shouldn't. It's, there's so much going on. And ever since I saw the Trevor Lawrence stuff that happened this weekend, I'm just, I feel like I'm pulled in a thousand different directions. And I just wish they could get it right. I don't know if this answers your question, but real quick, I think about how I live in this apartment building where we've been, you know, when this started in March, we all thought it'd be done by labor or by Memorial Day, right? Or, oh, it's only going to be no, four Easter. five weeks. And now it's been, right. And now it's been however <laughs> it's happened here. But my apartment building, you know, they knew a pandemic was going on. They closed down the rooftop. They closed down the gym. They closed down the common area. And then four months in, my neighbor and I went to talk to the front desk and they had no plans about how to reopen anything safely. And I was like, you've had a hundred plus days to figure it out how did you not figure it out? And it took them, you know, two more months to figure it out before they even opened the rooftop, which is outside, right? That's how I feel about the state of football, I guess. That's what I should have started with. You know, you have all this time to figure it out and you're seeing the successes and the failures in other sports leagues or even just in other cities and bars and restaurants and gyms in big cities getting it right or wrong. And yet they can't unify and get anything I feel like right. So that's where my head is at. I don't know if this helped. No, that was yeah, good. It's that's what we're yeah, doing. We're like I mean, doing all these. We're jumping through so many different hoops, yeah. middle gymnastics to figure all right. this out. I am. This is why I'm so just thankful that I don't have any real responsibility and I can just opine and think about this <laughs> stuff without actually influencing yeah. anything. It's amazing because I, I mean, can't the imagine not these having. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of not having college football when I think about just me, myself and I like that's just a selfish feeling, right? Like right. my Saturdays and Sundays and Thursdays and when I get to watch football, I'm a better, happier person. I yes. want to wear my flannel and I want to wear my hoodie and I want to drink a nice wheat beer with my friends. Well, hold on. You don't need to get sheet. crazy. Wheat beers? What are we doing here? Wheat beers? <laughs> I don't know. But, 
And then I just <laughs> it's fall. I, I it's just wish it was. I just wish the NCAA was better at this. And it, it boils down to how I feel about my front, my the management in my apartment building that they had all this time to get it right, and they're still managing to mess it up. Dear, so that's where I what do you think? <laughs> That was good. I like that take. That was tight. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one up. I'm gonna, you know, throw another bit of cayenne pepper and some paprika on this bad boy. Okay. Uh, I think oh that this this was completely inevitable. Mm. Like, I, mm. I, 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 I love the analogy of the apartment building, but like, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, why did we expect anything from the apartment building? Like, why did we expect right. these people to actually be on top of things and understand epidemiology and be able to make you know, tough decisions because there are no perfect answers in, in this crazy mm-hmm. world ever, much less when everything is on fire. So, um, right. Yeah. I, I, the, N- the NCAA has for more than a decade now and arguably since its inception been deliberately disorganized, deliberately disorganized in the sense of if they don't have their act together, if it is a confederacy of dumpses, <laughs> if it is, just a bunch of balkanized states all around that do their own thing, but then they can get together when there's billions of dollars on the line, but for no other reason, that allows them to keep the amateur model in place. And I usually live my life and I opine uh, with Hanlon's razor in mind, which is never attributed to malice, what can be explained by stupidity. At this point, we're so far into the NCAA model being so obviously flawed decades into this decades into knowing that amateurism is a sham at the highest levels of college football and highest levels of college basketball, the sports that actually make money in the NCAA, that it has to be nice. That's that these people cannot be deliberately naive. Now they can pretend to be deliberately naive as to allow themselves the opportunity to continue to profit off of unpaid labor. And I'm not somebody who is, you know, really banging the, I don't really care all that much. So long as, you know, I get games on Saturday, like I don't care if they're played or not. I think it's right that they get paid. Uh, it's ridiculous to me that you have billion dollar industries with unpaid labor. That seems illegal, just inherently illegal to me, but here we are. Uh, and, and I'm not somebody who, you know, really rallies and writes a column once a week about this stuff. It's just, it's just not something that I feel extremely strongly about, but it's fairly clear to me from my perspective that, these guys are tanking a season in order to keep their amateurism model alive. Uh, and, and, and Gene Smith said the quiet part out loud, the AD of Ohio state last week, six days before they shut it all down. They went full tapper, shut it down. They were all ready to go. The Pac-12, the big 10, they were ready separate, basically the big 10. And then the Pac-12 decided, Oh, that seems like a good idea. We want to look smart too. Um, they decided we're going to just play conference only. And that was totally fine and acceptable by their epidemiological standards. Somehow six days later, it's not safe enough to play. And we go back to the apartment building, right? What the hell did you <laughs> learn in six days that you didn't learn over the course of six months, eight months? Right. I mean, how long have we known about this thing? The issue is in those six days, you have players basically realizing, hey, we don't have a seat at this table. We would like a seat at this table. We would like to be able to, you know, get something out of it. We would like to be able to negotiate on how we're going to bring college football back because you kind of need us. And college football's power brokers 
in many in many regards. And I do think that the dominoes will fall in the SEC and the Big Twelve. And I think I don't think we're going to have college football at all this season because ultimately oh, that's a take. These okay, I tell you, these conferences are going to have to admit that the athletes have rights in order for them to have a season. They are going to have to admit that the athletes have rights. And if you do that, it is a slippery slope. And within years, the amateurism model is gone. And I say good riddance to the amateurism model. But when you have been making billions of dollars on the whole, and you have people making millions of dollars for part-time work, that's what some of these bowl guys are making. Millions of CEOs of bowls make a million dollars a year at the high end for a part-time job. Quote well, hold on. Charity. The Cheez-Its Bowl is one of my favorites, and I will not allow you to disparage the people who put on that beautiful bowl game every single year. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they're crooks. They're crooks. <laughs> that could I be a future sponsor of this podcast that you're just wrecking for me. The Cheez-Its oh, don't, don't worry. Chase Thomas football. podcast, college and you're over football. here just slandering <laughs> the Cheez-Its if they, mania. If they, play, if they play college football this year, college football is over as we know it. If they don't, they Ooh, might, yeah. might, might, they might stand a chance of being able to run this thing back in a year or two, in a year or two, under the same model that they were going to go into this year with. But if they actually have to play this year, that means that they have to admit that the athletes have rights and they just opened up a legal Pandora's box right. that they will never be able to close again. So I, I honestly think that this is all an, an elaborate route. Gene Smith, again, coming out, very respected athletic director, runs one of the five most profitable athletic departments in the entire country, saying that the science won't allow us to play. No, the science has been unequivocally, it's been clear since for months. It's been clear for months. And you guys were totally fine with the science six days ago. The difference is these athletes said we have rights and you don't want to acknowledge it. So, I, I think that that is the real issue at hand. It's not the science. It's, they're going to blame the hard issues. They don't even have a control. Those kids, honestly, I, 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 I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I understand that these is very serious and all that. But we don't know how good those kids' hearts were beforehand. I'm not saying that you should just push full steam ahead or anything like that. But, like, that being the right. excuse is so flimsy compared to everything else that's going on and compared to, again, having to admit that your model is fundamentally prejudiced against your your unpaid labor, as if being unpaid labor wasn't prejudiced enough. Like it's it's uh, I I just can't imagine how the SEC is going to be able to finally weave through that logical <laughs> dissonance that they're going to have to they're going to have to pull up. I just don't know how you do that. And if you do that, maybe, maybe they're totally cool with just going down that slope. I don't think a lot of conferences, and clearly the Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't comfortable with uh with admitting that athletes have rights so i I think i don't think we get college football this year and when it comes back just like with the apartment complex it was a great analogy we keep going back to a tremendous analogy it's a great analogy i'm telling you when when they when they shut it down without a plan they just shut it down because everyone else was shutting it down they didn't know no one knew to be fair you had to do some knee-jerk stuff at the beginning of this bad boy but when you shut it down and you have no plan to open it back up again, that that just means that basically it, it closed for good, and now you have to start a brand new apartment complex, a brand new company, a brand new conference because everything right. is open now to negotiation, just in the same way we saw in Major League Baseball, just in the same way we saw 
in the NFL. Like the CBA is wide open. There is no CBA in college football. That means the entire model is up for debate before we can start again. And I think that the Big Ten and the Pac-12, while trying to look like they were virtuous in an effort to hold on to the amateurism model, at the same time also completely screw themselves over because there's no way they can restart without admitting that there are rights involved on top of that. So yeah. uh, good luck right. to college football. I think it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we love the optimism on a Friday. I know. Love to run into listen, our weekend listen. with college football is dead. Thanks, Dieter. I, I'm tell, I, listen, I, I love college football as much as the next guy. Something else will replace it. We love football too much in this country. Why are you rooting for the coronavirus, Dieter? Why are you rooting <laughs> for sports to be canceled? <laughs> Why are you and the people the in the irony, media? The irony of yeah. all of this is I am probably the most I am probably the most bullish person already the coronavirus going away faster than most people think mm. in the entire sports media landscape that's not a complete huckster lunatic. <laughs> and maybe I'm a complete huckster lunatic. I mean, maybe I, I've been accused of such once or twice, but that's kind of not my shtick. Um, I, I'm, 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 I feel fairly positive about I mean, clearly not how it's handled. It's handled in complete effing mess. But um, ultimately, we kind of backdoored our way into a Swedish model by not knowing what the hell we were doing. And the Swedish model kind of looks like it's working. I don't know. Um, so I'm optimistic about, you know, the, the coronavirus and it going away and us getting back to some semblance of normalcy uh, in the meantime. But the one thing that I've always said about this disease, and this applies very much to um, just the world around us, it's an accelerator. Uh, everything stopped and we can all look at it from that realm. What it did was it took anything that was going to happen in five years and it made it happen in one. It took anything that was going to happen in 10 and it made it happen in two. It's an accelerating force. And I saw this because I work for a newspaper where newspaper is going to have some grand revival in five, 10 years. Hell no. But guess what? The reckoning came a little bit earlier. It's just an accelerator. Retail stores across the country. We've been talking about the retail apocalypse for the last five years. Guess what? It's here. It's now. There's something, um, twisted but almost you know uh, positive about just how you know quick everything went to hell uh because it was kind of already if it was heading in that direction it just accelerated it and i almost prefer to just rip the band-aid off than than drag this bad boy out with a, a, a more typical recession if you will but i'm still optimistic that things are, are going to bounce back to whatever degree they can bounce back whichever whichever uh, uh industries and such survives but let's not forget that the path towards the NCAA model completely collapsing in on itself was already well on the tracks. And so if we're talking about yeah. coronavirus being an accelerator, guess what? If it was five years before they were going to have to have this moment of reckoning, it's here now. If it was 10, guess what? They'll have it next year when they have to restart uh, after everything shuts down this year. Like it, 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 it's just an accelerator. Things that were inevitable are now present. And I almost find comfort in that truth at least the truth as far as i believe it it's a good way of spinning it the comfort part i was hoping you were going to land on something positive there's some comfort there all right i like it um dear god listen, listen, i think i yeah. think i think that the development the developmental league of the nfl is going to be a wild hit so um let's look forward to that playing in college football stadiums across the country mm. kelly any final final thoughts on what's going to happen <laughs> i don't know that was way better articulated than i can ever say as my brain was in 18 different ways i think i guess yeah when you when you look at what's going on one of the i guess silver linings of all this is being able to see i mean regardless of whether you think college football should happen or not 
seen, you know, those athletes like Trevor Lawrence and all of them unite so quickly. I mean, it happened so fast. I was off my phone for a bit and then back on my phone Sunday night. And suddenly we had this college football uprising, you know, whether you think they should play or not, or it's go- they're going to get to play or not or whatever. It was really, I guess, good for lack of a better word to see all of, you know, those college athletes uniting and being able to say like, Hey, we're not just 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Like we have rights, we have thoughts, we have vision and we can unite them all within an hour or two. Like look at us go, you know, it's adults, my age, you know, 29, 30 years old, we take forever to organize. You get a group chat going, it takes five hours to pick where you're going for dinner. But these kids that are, you know, 18, especially girls, especially me and my girlfriend, you take forever, you know, but you get these college kids they united within a few hours and they were like, we want to play and we want to play now. And then we woke up Monday morning and I mean, I felt like the world was on fire even more so than it was when I went to bed Sunday, but it was reassuring to see like, all right, these kids really do have thoughts and they are thoughts that are going to be right. Change the landscape of college sports. So I want college football to happen as a selfish lover of it. And as someone who can imagine my life without it, but I just don't know if there's a path forward, especially when we do see a team, you know, a league like the MLB, which had also a wild, you know, they have adults at the table, full blown real adults trying to figure it out. And they still kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, messed it up. Right. Even though oh, it's yeah. technically still Big going time. on, but they definitely, I mean, last week I texted one of my colleagues. I'm like, no way baseball last well hold on the cardinals have played five games this season i don't know what you're trying to say here that the cardinals are only 17 games back of the cubs in the nl central things are fine i mean my my beloved marlins i'm a miami gal and you know we're always the laughing stock of everything florida is these days but you know the marlins then went on that winning streak and i was like all right something to appreciate but no i think seeing college kids unite in something whether you believe they should play or not or they're going to get screwed over or not Seeing that happen was a silver lining in this. But again, I I can't think about not having college football because it makes me want to, I don't know, chug a bottle of wine, <laughs> which I already do. But you know, yeah, exactly. So yeah, those are those are my less than articulate thoughts on that. <laughs> Kelly, we're we're gonna have the fit. We're gonna have the fish in the playoffs come October. Like we'll be covered. It's all good. No, we're not. The Braves are fine. They're going to be okay. What are you talking about? We're, we're not talking into the Marlins. And no, Derek Jeter is not getting a playoff team. Absolutely not. Um, not going to oh, happen. I, I can't. So, so naive. What you don't realize is that coronavirus antibodies make you even better at baseball. Everyone turns into Mike Trout with coronavirus antibodies. So don't let him <laughs> I mean, sure. There you go. Uh, the, the positive uplifting part of this, the antibodies. Bigger than people can imagine. Um, Antibody also. <laughs> the antibody all-stars that dark times um <laughs> the nba playoffs looks like we're we're all set um the grizzlies still stumbled their way in uh to the uh, playoffs we had there's a good piece in the ringer from roger sherman about just putting the suns in for going undefeated and monty williams had that amazing post-game speech last night um after their game before <laughs> the nets grizz game but or the nets uh blazers game and uh yeah, it's we're getting Blazers and uh, Grizzlies. This has been great. I this is like said Adam Silver said it. Like this has gone a lot better than even he had predicted it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed all of it. Now we're actually getting to playoff basketball, and now it's a it's going to get crazy. And I think 
I, I'm excited, but there are a lot of storylines like Russell Westbrook missing a couple games. How does that affect the stuff at the Thunder? Because we're getting James Harden <laughs> versus CP3 in round one, which is crazy. Luka versus Kawhi. <laughs> I think we're over talking about the Grizzlies and Blazer stuff in the Dame time. And it's a great story, but like they're still getting curb stomped by the Lakers <laughs> in round one. Like, I don't think they're winning a game. Yeah. Whoever gets that eight speed. Like, yeah. we, it's fun for right now, but the just the idea that like this is going to be a Cinderella story is just kind of silly to me, but um, <laughs> I like it, it's just it has to happen. The Nuggets and Jazz are definitely getting demoted to NBA TV. Um, <laughs> we have MAGA Pornier Joiner, yeah, like there's no way anyone's watching that. I'm not watching Royce O'Neill pull no. up from 35, like it's gonna be a hard pass for me. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then we get TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. Like that's happening over a first round series too. Like this is the NBA it's playoffs are here right and I'm excited now, about it. Actually. Oh no, it's next. Aren't they, yeah. They're, bad, no, they're battling today. it out. They're, they're battling it out for seating. That doesn't matter. Yes. Well, like, I mean, I think it kind of matters. I think matchups matter, not Orlando. the home field stuff, but I do think matchups matter in certain no, teams. Like, are like, no, yeah. no, no. I, I totally, I totally understand you with matchups matter. Like the four and five seeds in the Eastern conference, as we speak are locked in mm-hmm. and the Pacers and the Heat are still playing each other today in a battle to figure out who will be the four seed and who will be the five seed. And oh yeah, that yeah, that part. No. <laughs> also, if you look at the game. if you look at the injury report for the Heat Pacers game today, I just pulled it up and yeah. Um the Heat, my team, the Heat have five we have five people out and the Pacers have five people out. So <laughs> It's going to be a I'm great game. Someone game get some off. Washington Wizards out there. Get them some more run. Oh. Lord knows they they needed to be invited. God, I'm so glad I don't have to watch Rui Hachimura and log on to Twitter.com and see people like, Rui's got some stuff. No, Rui Hachimura sucks. He's going to suck. He's not good at anything. And the idea that he can be developed into a Giannis or whoever is insanity. I I hate the Rui Hachimura conversation. It's one of the dumbest. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Wizards, but none of the players that even were in the bubble. So we can move on past that. There you go. Well, now that it's all set, we'll be apprentices. Yeah, there you go. Um, who do you see? Like after you, like we're going into the standings. Like when you're look forecasting how this is all going to unfold, yeah. where are you leaning? Well, let's go. Let's go. There are four teams. Obviously, uh, each of them has flaws, and because that's what I do in life, I point out everyone else's flaws that to project <laughs> away from my own. Um, I will uh, go through all of these teams and their flaws, and then I will pick you a winner. How about that? There's the rubric. Um, the Lakers backcourt defense is going to be challenging. There's a reason that a lot of um, a lot of people are stupidly picking the Blazers to uh, like challenge them. I think it will be a gentlemanly sweep, but um, they can't they can't stop anybody. Uh, they can't stop Lakers. They can't do it. And I was impressed by Frank Vogel. Impressed. Uh, I was impressed by Frank Vogel finally deciding maybe we should play Anthony Davis at the five towards the end there and LeBron is obviously a god amongst men but I, I'm deeply concerned about a team that's relying on Kyle Kuzma so I don't know I'm not high on the Lakers right now the Clippers should win it all uh everything about the Clippers on paper says that they're the best team I, I firmly believe that wings are everything in the postseason I think they're everything in basketball in general but in the postseason that's even more obvious uh, they have Kawhi, a guy who can get you a tough bucket late. Uh, they have Paul George, who can't do that, but he can certainly you know help you out for the first forty or so minutes of the game. Subtle shots uh, fired, uh, I like it. Uh, it. 
Mm-hmm. They're both impressive, 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 impressive wing defenders. Uh, I think that they're in pretty good so health. These are your top two. These is, are your top two Western Conference teams: Lakers and Clippers. Yeah, but here's 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 okay. my thing about the Clippers, right? Uh, I'll, I'll keep. Uh, okay, I'll get brief. It's not my normal style, but I'll, I'll do it for you guys. Um, my concern is I, I haven't seen them play hard or you know really quality basketball like to the level that they can play it in months, like since January. Yeah. And even then, I'm like, I don't know. Like, the, the, a lot of stuff has happened clearly since January. And I covered, the, I still cover the Warriors. I tried not to this year because they sucked. But um, they, uh, they used to have this thing like, we're going to flip the switch. And sometimes, you know, the switch was a little sticky, and it took a little while for them to actually give a damn. And they would eventually get there because they're the damn Warriors. But like, I don't know if the Clippers can just flip the switch. So I think uh, if they can rev it up to 100, percent they're going to win the championship. But uh, I, I, I I still hold out reservations on their ability to just turn it on because I would have liked to have seen it for I don't know a half of basketball in the eight games preceding the playoffs. Uh, that that would have yeah. been convenient to me. I think the Bucks have a, I think the Bucks are fairly flawed, uh, but Giannis could just turn it on, and frankly, everybody's flawed. So maybe their flaws are lesser because again, Giannis. Um, and then I, I'm kind of, I think we're all sleeping on the rockets a little bit. Oh, you're Westbrook speaking my language because, before the Westbrook injury. Yes. Before the Westbrook injury. Like, I think if, if no one's going to play defense, then I want the team with the best offense and the five out, the five out system for as flawed as it can be. I mean, damn it, if it doesn't work. Um, and if they can just, you know, crash the glass a little bit better. I just have a hard time seeing a lot of teams outscoring the Rockets and two other things with, with Houston, you know, I've been in, I've been in that building Toyota center the last couple of years when the Warriors have basically been on the ropes and the Rockets could knock them out. And there's not a belief in that building that it's going to work out for the Houston Rockets. I mean, the soul crushing (laughs) style of basketball, I'm telling you the soul crushing style of basketball crushed the soul of all the Rockets fans. And they're real gung-ho yeah. and positive and all that. But then when the going gets tough, they're like, ah, shit, we lost our chance. Like, it, it's all over for us. And I'm like, you guys are up by 12. Like, I'm, I'm looking at this bad vibes, bad vibes in that building. They don't yeah. have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then they won't have to deal. They won't have to deal with road crowds and particularly road whistles um, where James Harden, <laughs> whose entire game is trying to get to the line. Like, he's going to get a fair whistle. Like, he's going to get one the entire series. And it's every series because it's in Orlando in a bubble. So um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think playoff you know rules are, are going to be as strongly enforced. And I think that maybe we're sleeping on the Rockets a little bit because if they're just going to get to continue to play regular season basketball, they're pretty good at regular season basketball. I like their ups. Kelly, what do you think? Oh, were you done? Okay, but you didn't say anything Sorry. about the Eastern. No. Oh, well, the Eastern Conference doesn't matter no, I, because I said, the Eastern Conference the, isn't winning the, the title. No one in the Eastern Conference <laughs> is winning the title. It doesn't even matter. If we just simmed it up to whoever they're getting curb stomped by in the West, it, like, that's fine. Like, no <laughs> one in the Eastern Conference is winning the NBA championship. I will quit this podcast if someone <laughs> from the Eastern Conference wins it this year. There is no You're real contender. Oh my God! Everybody, everyone's talking themselves into these Eastern Conference teams, and I'm like, have you watched the Eastern Conference recently? Listen, it's not as bad as it once was, but it ain't good. No. Um, I'm just gonna go through and pick who I like and don't like. I'm looking at like the the setup. So Lakers, obviously, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I agree. They, I, 
I watched them. You can't rely on Kyle Kuzma, and I feel as if they still haven't gotten in a rhythm where both AD mm-hmm. and LeBron are able to shine together, which I mm-hmm. get. It's hard mm-hmm. to have two superstars, and we've seen it forever and ever, but I think the only thing that makes them truly like sweep, 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 sweep title is when the two of them are in sync. Like you can't rely on AD to have an amazing game when LeBron has an off game, even though LeBron's off games are still everyone's best game, right? <laughs> and you can't, and vice versa. Yeah. And I and I think also it would be a good story storybook ending to a bizarre NBA season that if we recall, Kobe Bryant died in January. It feels like it happened eight years oh, yeah. ago, but I think it would be, and regardless about how you feel about Kobe in his past, like I'd be remiss not to bring that up, but I was a Kobe Bryant fan. I'm a fan of excellence and greatness. And I think that would be really a good kind of poetic sort of ending to this bizarre NBA season if the Lakers go on and win, which I agree. They probably are. For me, they're the team that's going to win. When I watch the Clippers, the Clippers that I've watched in the bubble, that's, I guess, the next team I consider the threat. I feel like they're never in sync. I know that they had some guys out, but I feel like they're just Mm -hmm. never vibing. They just don't look like this team that is vibing. I know they have threats from all different angles, but to me, they're not vibing. Again, everyone else I don't really care about, but I am a James Harden lover and worshiper and I adore oh, him wow. thoroughly, which I know is controversial and bizarre, but I just have this hey, very soft spot for James Harden. I'm sorry. No, you don't I, need to apologize assume, for something that you feel is true in your heart. <laughs> I, I I like people that paint their own, you know, they go down their own path and they paint their own way. And I yeah. know that he emphasizes that a lot because people give him crap for stepping outside of the box. So he's obviously going to embrace it because that's his like MO. But I, yeah. I don't know. I like him. I think he's great. I love watching him play, although it's I it's horrible when he misses like five threes in a row and I'm like, just let's stop taking those and we can drive to the basket. Yeah. But I do think Maybe go back inside you know, that box, baby. Yeah, and right. Just drive to the basket. Play normal basketball. But I think <laughs> I I would love to see the the Rockets come up and surprise everyone because I do think their window is closing. Like James has been in the league for mm-hmm. a long time. Like that window might close pretty soon, bud. Um, and then in the Eastern yep. Conference, I mean, I'm from Miami, and the Heat were really crappy for the past two years, and now they're doing really well, and they have these players, once again, that everyone blinked and didn't look at once, especially with Bam and especially with Kendrick Nunn. Like, I just, I love that team. I love that coach. I love Jimmy Butler's antics. I love Udonis Haslam getting paid millions to do nothing. I will stick by my Heatles, and if they somehow make a run and – they're not going to, but if they do, I would love to see them come out of the Eastern Conference and just, I feel like for some reason, ever since the decision, ever since LeBron was on our team, we're still, we still have this bullseye on our back for people just to hate on us. Like everything we do, there's some, something wrong. So yeah. I'm only cheering for one team in the Eastern Conference and that's the Heat. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, do, I do hope that the Heat succeed because when they're on, they're as entertaining. But, yeah, like... I texted my friend the other day and I was like, I know that they were winning the game. And I texted her and I was like, I was like, I know that they're winning right now. And they're, you know, they don't have the Kyrie's and the KD's on them. And I was like, but the Nets are not enjoyable to watch. Like they don't play enjoyable basketball. <laughs> I, I'm not really a big Giannis fan. I just, he doesn't do it for me. And then, okay. I mean, so yeah, when I think about the Eastern conference, I'm like, even if I wasn't from Miami, the Heat are the team that I'm going to pick to kind of, we're just the most consistent. We're deep. We have great coaching. Like when, we, when you have Eric Spolster on yeah. your bench, it's a threat. So 
Those are my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Some other great coaches on the Eastern Conference with Toronto and Boston. Like, so coaching advantage while Spolstra is as good as it gets, like Nick Nurse mm-hmm. and Brad Stevens, like pretty damn good too. And those are two pretty True. good teams as well. I think the Eastern Conference playoffs could be really fun and interesting. It's just going to be kind of a bloodbath when we get to the finals and let Giannis. Oh, and then Giannis also, has, to, always, has to do it for. I, yeah. Yeah. I also always forget about the Raptors and I don't know why. Like, I know they are actually a great team without <laughs> Kawhi Leonard on them, but I always just. Like, I just looked down at the list. I was looking at, like, the dates and the orders of when all the games start, and I was like, oh, my God, I completely yeah. forget about Toronto, even though, like, I can name all their players, and I, I am a Kyle Lowry fan. Like, I appreciate them without – I know that they're good without Kawhi, but I just – they yeah. are definitely one of those teams where you kind of, like, forget about them, and then you're like, oh, crap, you're actually good. I just I just question who's going to, like, take a tough shot for them down the stretch because, let's be honest, like, they, they won the championship over. last year. Stanley Johnson, worried, obviously. they champion. Yeah, but like th- that that team had real tight buttholes for the first three rounds of last year's playoffs, and Kawhi had to just carry them round by round into the finals, and right. then they turned it off. Who is like um, who but, is taking over, and who is who is taking over, and who's bleeding and sweating and crying for the Raptors right now? I'm not sure if there's someone yeah, right. Fred Van Fleet, like the heat, maybe. You know, there's seven people on the Heat that'll do that, <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's, Jim, it's Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler's, like, the war daddy. Like, like yeah. you, you, that's what, I mean, honestly, that's what it comes down to. Who is your wing who you want to just take over a game? Because if it's not a wing, right. it doesn't matter. And um, and we saw this, you know, as much as everyone talks about Steph Curry and stuff with the Warriors, like, it was Kevin Durant. It was Clay Thompson sometimes. Like, you have to have a wing. And I look at Boston, you go, Jason Tatum could be that guy. You look at the Bucks. I don't know what the hell Giannis is, but he certainly probably qualifies as a wing, considering how long he's he is. Jimmy Butler. We know what Giannis is doing. He's headbutting people. <laughs> that was a good flop, like, though. That, that was guy. a really good flop. The Lakers have that guy. The Clippers have that guy. I don't know if the Rockets have that guy, but James Harden might right. transcend it. But, uh, yeah, who, best, best wing wins. So whoever you think the best wing yeah. is probably wins the championship. Do you know what I'm going to miss? Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond in the playoffs. I'm I'm really yeah. gonna miss that. I don't like that they're just not around. I I thought about that today. Where I just it just feels weird that they're just not involved at all in the playoffs. Right. How do you think I feel? <laughs> That's the team I cover. I got nothing to do. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had forgotten how beautiful basketball could be because I had to watch the Warriors all damn year. Mm-hmm. And then you know, let's be honest, the yeah. bubble didn't exactly like rise to the standard of the playoffs. But then, thank God. I mean, you, you're not wrong about the Nets. But, like, thank God they tried hard last night because that right, was very yeah. enjoyable. I forgot how much I love offensive rebounding because I hadn't seen it in more than a calendar year. Like, what, what, a, what a novel <laughs> concept. It's almost as if it makes oh, yeah. really last interesting game, guys try to rebound. Last game was great. Yeah, the game was great. Fantastic. I was like, I didn't even care so, that everyone was virtual. I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Offensive rebounding, good stuff. I mean, shout out to him. Uh, it, it's great. Um, so final predictions, and we'll we'll move to our last thing real quick uh, with Joe Kelly, who is just my one of my favorite human beings on the planet right now. Um, I'm so bad at predictions. I never – I always try to be creative and cool, and I fail. So I'm – Well, that's your first mistake. Never be creative and cool, Kelly. It's overrated. Yeah, it's <laughs> I I've also hate when it's like in March so, Madness. Yeah. It's like in March Madness or fantasy football where I'm like, okay, I know these sports better than 99% of anyone I know. And then I try to get creative and cool with my predictions or who I draft for fantasy football. And then my friend that knows not left from right ends up winning. And I'm like, this, this is why I don't try 
because I know everything about sports and you know nothing. And yet you still predicted everything perfectly. It's like sometimes knowing too much backfires. <laughs> mm. I say that about myself all the time, Tim. It, it makes me feel better as well. Um, now, give, give me, give me the Clippers. I okay. don't know if they can flip. If they can flip the switch, I have a hard time seeing two wings of their caliber going down. It's all about wings, baby, and they got two of the top five. So, give me the Clippers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm, going I'm Lakers. I'm Lakers. Sti- yeah, I can't shake the Lakers. It feels very Lakery to me. This whole bubble just feels like LeBron is just ensuring that he and Anthony Davis get a ring this year. Like this is his I mean, mission. It, LeBron walked out with his shirt unbuttoned and made the Instagram say mm. Orlando Vice, which is something no one is, has from Florida has ever uttered those words. He's definitely winning the ring. And like, I know, again, we're still so torn on LeBron and we hate him, we love him, we hate him, we love him. And I went down the hate him path for a long time. But, like, he's just so damn good. And I just, <laughs> yeah, because he left the heat. And we really need to appreciate how damn good that man is. Like, he's been in the league 17 oh, yeah. years doing what he's doing. Like, I want him to get it. And, again, I think it would be a great way to cap a very crappy year when you think about the Kobe stuff and then you think about – how the world turned upside down for six months. I think it would be a good, just that a good thing. Yeah. And then we can have some clutch points, uh, photoshops of Kobe ghost Kobe <laughs> looking over on the broad and then like just unbelievable <laughs> right. stuff there. Um, so we With have that coronavirus hanging around. Yeah. Um, last thing real quick, Joe <laughs> Kelly, um, obviously did some fantastic work trolling Carlos Correa <laughs> and the Houston Astros a few weeks back. Um, he got suspended, but he also decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and unload on my real feelings on a podcast this week about, um, the Houston Astros. I have a Houston Asterix shirt that I rock every now and then. It's incredible. The Houston Asterix. So let me read some quick quotes from him. And then I would like to get y'all's perspective on this and how much of this is fair. He said, when you take someone's livelihood to save your own ass, that's what I don't like. Cheating, they cheated. Everyone knows they're cheaters. They know they're cheaters. It's over. That's been there, done that. But now they mess it up by ruining other people's lives. So they fucked it up twice. When you taint someone's name to save your own (laughs) name, this is one of the worst things you could probably do. That really friggin' bugs me. Uh, I think I'll be irritated forever. Staying mad online forever. Joe Kelly, just holding the lifelong grudge. Shout out to him for just internalizing that anger and just being like, you know what? I'm going to be pissed for the rest of my life. That's called true sportsmanship right there, folks. That You could never imagine that kind of competitiveness. Um, the people who took the fall for what happened is nonsense. Yes, everyone is involved, but the way that sign ceiling system was run over there was not from coaching from not from the coaching staff they're not the head boss in charge of that thing it's the players so now the players get the immunity and all they do is go and snitch like little like a little bitch and they don't have to get fined they don't have to lose games he just i i love it no filter does not care he is um he's great um i'm a big fan and then shout out to joe kelly and skinny tall guys everywhere he's this is maybe part of the reason i like him us skinny tall lanky people we we have feelings too we are people too and he said the, boo, uh, the boohoo face was the best the boohoo face was incredible <laughs> um they have a manager dusty baker on their side verbatim yelling at me get your little skinny ass on the mound so my cuss words get eight games and his cuss words get zero that makes no that makes complete sense right welcome to planet earth a debacle what a just an ending, a debacle. 
Love it. Joe Kelly. Go ahead and put him in the hall. I'm ready. Hey, it's that name Kelly, man. It's the name Kelly. We got to appreciate it. That's what it is. People forget. It's the first name or the last name. <laughs> oh, my God. It was incredible. So what do you all think about that? Joe Kelly started the year by breaking one of his own windows, and he's he's not breaking everyone else's windows. It's truly fantastic. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I remember when he got suspected, and after I saw that, and everyone was like, really? Like, they're getting more games than any of the players got? And I was like, I think that's, like, you don't even really need to say anything else. The players get no suspension, and Joe Kelly gets a suspension for boohoo face, and throw it, like, I was like, yeah, that's how you know that the world is a debacle, right? Like, that's, that's like the baseline crappiness of the situation that he got suspended and Astros players didn't. But I like that he spoke out on it. And I find no, everything he said is true, right? Like that's everything is back. (laughs) I spot the lie because I spot none. Do you guys believe in karma? No. Yes. I don't, I don't either, but I I really wish that I did because uh, if I did, I would feel like, God damn, it's coming down hard on the Astros this year. Maybe it is. They're not very good right now. Like, they've only really been able to beat bad teams. Uh, yeah. But those guys suck, and uh, they deserve all the bad things that the universe is about to throw at them. Like, I really I really think that. Because it's one thing to cheat, okay? And let's not be naive and pretend as if other teams aren't cheating and maybe they didn't have as good of an algorithm or something. Uh, and, they, and the Astros are unquestionably exceptionally talented with or without cheating or at least they were when they won the World Series. It's how right. unrepentant they were about the cheating that makes it so aggravating. Like, their owner basically being like, we'd fucking do it again. It's like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Craig Kenny or whatever. Like, we'd do it again. It's like, dude, like, it's so long as they got that one trophy, which, by the way, they're going to have a, an all-time great roster, and they're going to get one trophy out of this whole deal because, again, karma. Well, hold on. The Braves won 14 straight uh, division titles and got one title. Like it's it's the baseball is a mean, cruel thing. Is that is that not an indictment on the Braves in a way? Like, isn't that what's kind of remembered? Like the Braves were this dynastic team every year. Count on them for the playoffs. Everyone knew the Braves were in the playoffs every year, and they only won one title. That seems to be a larger narrative than the fact that they won 14 straight division titles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's sad, but like that's that's kind of the truth. So. Um, well, thanks, Dieter. I, More positivity. I, 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 I'm just up to my, uh, here's, here's my positivity, man. The Astros, the universe will conspire against the Astros, and mm. they will get all of the bad things that they deserve. And we can laugh at them because not only yeah. did they cheat and deserve punishment, but they were also assholes about it. And so now there's, right. no, there's no barrier whatsoever in us laughing at their failures. So uh, bring it yeah. on, bring it on, bring it on, universe. I think like, just concept, lay some more yeah. on it just so the Astros get it. I think the concept of cheating and being able to succeed at cheating, right? Like they did the cheating well, like they won. So they, they, they cheated well, but then getting caught yeah. and then not having any sort of, right, like being like, hey, well, we cheated and it worked, so screw y'all. <laughs> That's the messed up part. And I do agree. Yeah, about, you like, just wish you cheated part. this well. Yeah, like you're like y'all jealous that you couldn't cheat as good as we did. Yeah, we got caught, but we, we did it right. And I, I, I think that kind of like unabashed, like kiss our ass attitude. And then again, the fact that the players, right, get granted immunity and, you know, Joe Kelly gets suspended however many games for that is it's very ironic. But as we talked about earlier with the MLB screwing up right now and not having a great bubble and 
you know, the players going out and partying or going to the bars and then getting COVID. Like we, there's just some questionable things going on in that league, but there you go. Just questionable things. That's a great way to wrap up. Things great. Everything is going well, folks. Sports are great. Uh, the world's great. Uh, everything in the atmosphere is great. We're ready for the weekend. Um, so I'm glad I chose Kelly and Dieter to come on this podcast and just ruin my Friday. So that good selection. I'm very positive. You should have known better with me. I, I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> um, guys, what can we check out from you this week on ESPN and Mercury News? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm working on some longer term things, but I had a really uh, good story this week about athletes that have diabetes, how they're feeling coming back amid COVID without a vaccine. So that went up on Wednesday, but, you know, still, still out working on some longer term things and trying to be trying to find news that's like a little bit more optimistic. I, again, as we were talking about the pessimism and yes, sports are back, even though they're <laughs> back in a weird way, but just trying to find like some good fun stories where even if everything's burning around us, we can still maybe like dance for a little bit. So honestly, I'm all ears. Any, uh, anyone listening has any fun story ideas, like send them my way. I like to be out of the box. <laughs> and, and while Kelly does that, I'm going to be bringing spicy, hot, pessimistic takes all day. every day. <laughs> That's what I do. Thank God I there's balance in the universe for that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's, it, I'm the only one willing to speak these truths that everything sucks. Um, you know, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. Giants and A's are playing this weekend. Perfect. Can't, really can't care, wait. But I have to, I have really to write excited. on it. <laughs> really excited for oh, some Jeff Samarja. I, I, I want to go highlights. national again. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go national again. <laughs> Thanks, right. Jace. Appreciate you having me on. Hope they, you feel better. Okay, you know what? Yeah, there's like a Miller High Life <laughs> bottle waiting for me. So that's exactly what I'm doing after I leave this. And I'm going to brew. My friend yeah, texted me. Yeah. by my friend's house with my dog, and she goes, you like cider, right? I'm like, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I got some bush lights in the fridge. Let's, let's boogie. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right. Later. Have a good weekend. Thank you. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.